as Andrew, as Andrew said, uh, this is a long reading. Um, so maybe I was about to lay down and read it. For, <laughs> But you know this story. Listen to it freshly. A certain man, Lazarus, was ill. He was from Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. This was the Mary who anointed the Lord with fragrant oil and wiped his feet with her hair. Her brother, Lazarus, was ill. And so the sisters sent word to Jesus, saying, Lord, the one whom you love is ill. When he heard this, Jesus said, this illness isn't fatal. It's for the glory of God, so that God's Son can be glorified through it. Jesus loved Martha, her sister, and Lazarus. When he heard that Lazarus was ill, he stayed where he was. And after two days, he said to his disciples, let's return to Judea again. The disciples replied, Rabbi, the Jewish opposition wants to stone you, but you want to go back? Jesus answered, aren't there 12 hours in the day? Whoever walks in the day doesn't stumble because they see the light of the world. But whoever walks in the night does stumble because the light isn't with them. He continued, our friend Lazarus is sleeping, but I am going in order to wake him. The disciples said, Lord, if he's sleeping, he will get well. They thought Lazarus, Jesus meant that Lazarus was in a deep sleep, but Jesus had spoken about Lazarus' death. Jesus told them plainly, Lazarus has died. For your sakes, I'm glad I wasn't there so that you can believe. Let's go to him. Then Thomas, the one called Didymus, said to the other disciples, Let us go too, that we might die with Jesus. When Jesus arrived, he found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. Bethany was a little less than two miles from Jerusalem. Many Jews had come to comfort Martha and Mary after their brother's death. When Martha had heard that Jesus was coming, she went to meet him while... Uh, uh, well, Mary remained in the house. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother wouldn't have died. Even now I know that whatever you ask God, God will give you. And Jesus told her, your brother will rise again. Martha replied, I know that he will rise in the resurrection on the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me will live even though they die. Everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? She replied, yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, God's son, the one who is coming into the world. After she said this, she went and spoke privately to her sister Mary. The teacher is here and he's calling for you. When Mary heard this, she got up quickly and went to Jesus. He hadn't entered the village yet, but was still in the place where Martha had met him. When the Jews who were comforting Mary in the house saw her get up quickly and leave, they followed her. They assumed she was going to mourn at the tomb. When Mary arrived where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet and said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother wouldn't have died. When Jesus saw her crying, and the Jews who had come with her crying also, he was deeply disturbed and troubled. 
He said, where have you laid him? They replied, Lord, come and see. Jesus began to cry. The Jews said, see how much he loved him? But some of them said, he healed the eyes of the man born blind. Couldn't he have kept Lazarus from dying? Jesus was deeply disturbed again when he came to the tomb. It was a cave and a stone covered the entrance. Jesus said, remove the stone. Martha, the sister of the dead man, said, Lord, the smell will be awful. He's been dead four days. Jesus replied, didn't I tell you that if you believe, you will see God's glory? So they removed the stone. Jesus looked up and said, Father, thank you for hearing me. I know you always hear me, but I say this for the benefit of the crowd standing here so that they will believe that you sent me. Having said this, Jesus shouted with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out, his feet bound and his hands tied, and his face covered with a cloth. Jesus said to them, untie him and let him go. Therefore, many of the Jews who came with Mary and saw what Jesus did believed in him, but some of them went to the Pharisees and told them what Jesus had done. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Would you pray with me? God, your lessons are troubling. We pray for understanding that we might apply it in our lives and be your disciples. We pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. You know, troubling, isn't it? Can we really believe that Lazarus was a dead man, that his heart had stopped for four days and his body had begun decomposing and this, this man, this dead man, heard Jesus' voice call him out of his grave, returned to life and walked out with his legs still bound? Is there a physiological explanation that can help us understand how, how this can possibly happen in, a, in, in the world that we know God created? The Wesleyan Quadrilateral asks us to use our tradition, our experience, and reason to understand the scriptures. What do they tell us? It's troubling stories like these that make me pray over the meaning of the Gospels. And yet I believe the Gospels with my whole life. I, I believe and accept the implications of believing that God created the universe and God loves the robins even those who come before the snow. So I shouldn't be, behave in a way that hurts them. I believe and accept the implications of believing that God transcends and has power over life and death, physically and spiritually. My benediction at the end of each service is not simply a liturgical phrase for me. It is a confession of my belief and a genuine invitation to accept and, and live in God's presence. So regarding death, 
I'd like to think, but I can't prove that the mother of Natalie and Peter lived four years longer than her advanced cancer. After we prayed, anointed her, than she would have if, if we hadn't prayed. Or that Kathy lived much longer with her cancer than doctors expected because, because of her faith. Death happens. Our body is finite and vulnerable. And despite the care we take to maintain our health, we eventually lose our ability to overcome its threats and failures. Still, we may fear that it will hurt. We may fear that it will be drawn out. We may fear that it will, we will inconvenience those we love or, or we will leave something important unsaid or undone. But finally, death is sure. I don't fear it because I believe it isn't all there is. What is more fearful for me is living without faith, hope, and love. I fear spiritual death. That kind of death can make one's whole life empty, depressing, lonely, and without purpose. The connection between faithful living and a resurrected life is still mysterious to me, but I believe it is connected. Mother Teresa said she bathed the dying homeless so that they would know God's love when they get there. Well, I think this gospel reading is critical for us in the church, despite our struggle with what literally reads as a resuscitation after four days. I, I'd like to share where my study of the fourth gospel has led me. See, throughout the gospel, Jesus uses physical words to describe spiritual reality. He did that because people didn't understand the Spirit. In many ways, we still don't. From chapter 1, John says, The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. In chapter 3, Jesus tells Nicodemus, We must be born anew in the Spirit. In 6, he tells the disciples to eat his flesh. He tells the Samaritan woman he can give her living water. I don't argue with you if you believe Jesus brought a physically dead man back to life. But I do want to explore what I consider is more important. That is spiritual death and life. We know that death can be caused by spiritual, mental, emotional factors. There, there are significant material factors, of course, associated with, with suicide, like job loss and decreased income and increased isolation, such as divorce. But, but not everybody who loses a job or gets divorced attempts suicide. Now, let me tell you a couple of stories. You've, you've heard me tell about the times when when my dreams or ministries were obstructed. Well, the first one happened when I was a sophomore at the university studying engineering to be a, an engineer missionary, something I had been planning since I was 12. And I was told by our denomination's authority at a church vocation conference that we don't need engineers in the mission field. Hmm. So I dropped out of school for two weeks wondering what to do. It's not smart when you're at the University of Wisconsin. 
During semester break, I attended the ordination service of a Taizé monk in Madison and knew what I needed to do, and I pray everyone can be open to God's call when things go down. Well, that happened several times in my life. Being willing to let the past go and accept God's call for the future can be the difference between life and death. The story about Joan, I've changed her name. Joan is a woman who has been hurt, abused, and violated when growing up by her father, when recovering in rehab, even by her husband. And as a result, she has approached everyone in anger, not, not trusting them to respect her or her wisdom. And yet, the motivation to care for others was deeply established within her. When someone complimented her for something she did, she assumed they were trying to take advantage of her and, and, and didn't trust their sincerity. But one day in a small prayer group, the genuine appreciation for something she did was expressed by one and affirmed by another in a way that she was able to receive. One could tell the difference that it made in Joan. In that instant, she stopped rejecting offhand the love being shown and allowed it to rest on her. You could say that was the time we call, might call an evil spirit left her. They can come back, the evil spirits. If you're not reminded by things you tell yourself, things others tell you, or discipline of of prayer and study. Evil spirits have many brothers and sisters. So a faith leader and community need to have as many. I've told you about a small rural church the previous pastor had given up on and told to move their membership to another church or die. I was told by a wiser one that they only needed someone to love them. Now, these fourth-generation farmers whose ancestors had started the church 150 years before, well, what's there not to love? What did the pastor not see? Well, we had a love fest for four years, in which time we multiplied the membership and attendance and built an addition to the church building, and I understand that church is now starting a second location. Perhaps... Perhaps you know someone like Lazarus, someone uh, uh, who, who has given up uh, um, after a depressing or traumatic experience. After days and weeks, they begin to stink, perhaps both spiritually and physically. We mourn them. After several tries to engage, we may even give up on them, no longer reach out to them, and put a stone across their cave in our minds. Even Lazarus' sister couldn't save him. They trusted Jesus to save him and called Jesus. Sometimes, like for Joan, it takes more than one person to love them. There are some spiritual illnesses that even the, the disciples closest to Jesus couldn't heal, and it took Jesus. And in this case, Mary and Martha called Jesus 
When he came, Jesus emboldened the faith of the sisters, asked them to remove the stone and clear the way for Lazarus to live again. And then he called Lazarus out. No Jesus sentiment. He was upset, he was disturbed, even angry that Lazarus had been enclosed in a cave, that there were outsiders who were there only to see what he would do and report to the Pharisees who then plotted his death. Now, how do you think Lazarus called, uh, how Jesus called Lazarus out of, the, out, out, of, out of spiritual death? When John says that he shouted in a loud voice, there are some clues in the reading. John says he was upset, even angry. But John recalls that Jesus cried. So. But I look at how Jesus assured Mary and Martha that he is the resurrection. He may need also to assure Lazarus. How would you call him out? Calling the spiritually dead out of the tomb is not easy and carries responsibility. A church friend and I prayed for a dying woman in the hospital, and she lived. And she left the hospital. But that meant we had responsibility for her continued care. Mary and Martha not only had to trust the resurrection they had to remove the stone and unbind their brother. We can't call out the dead without being trusting, sincere, and active in our love for them. Re-entering spiritually healthy life is also not easy. Lazarus had to trust Jesus and his sisters to unbind him and let him walk again. Spiritual death can be as consequential as physical death, but spiritual resurrection is the same pattern for the faithful that I have come to trust by experience and reason. I need you to believe this too. It's my conviction that we, the church, as the body of Christ, are, are charged with doing the same thing Jesus did, to call people into life, especially the sick, the dying, and the dead, who as in Jesus' time became the evangelist to spread the word. They are, after all, those who have personally experienced the life-giving power of God. This, this is our cross. We can do it. We can do what Jesus did. Every time we sincerely love someone from the heart, even when it is difficult, when we want to give up on them, we are doing what Jesus did. Sometimes it takes more than one. Often, especially when it's difficult for you, it takes the intervention of Jesus Christ. When we invite them into life and love, into fellowship and discipleship, we are inviting them once again into a relationship with God. And away from the power of the demons who say you are not worthy to be loved out of the tomb of 
lovelessness, hopelessness, faithful, faithlessness. But trust the power of God, the experience of Christ, the presence of the Holy Spirit, and participate in the resurrection of the church, the families who are hurting, and the neighbors who are giving up. You will know when you are called to meet them. So prepare yourself and then trust the living spirit of Christ to tell you what to do and say at that time. This is my prayer for our church. Amen.